the Bible says about us that we are victorious. You know, a lot of times right now, I think especially uh, probably Christians all over the world, but everybody all over the world, they're kind of tired. You know, there's been a lot going on. And so there's a lot of new songs out about, and again, if we sing one, don't get critical about it. Just sing it. Uh, he said, well, I don't, but just, okay, worship anyway. Uh, don't just, be, you know, dissect everything. But there's a lot of songs out about God fight for me. God fight for me. God, I need you to fight for me. And how many of you know, the Bible does say the old covenant one time, they were praying and the Lord said, stand still. You don't have to fight this battle. Y'all remember that? He said, stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord. But you know what? But he gave them instructions to do something. Remember they went out, they appointed singers. They appointed the worship team, remember? And they went out singing, for the Lord is good and his mercy. And they, they, they still did something. They just didn't do it back in the old covenant like they normally had to do it with, with spears and blood everywhere. They did it though. They still did something. So even in the old covenant, when God said, stand still and watch your salvation, but I want you to do this. There's always a corresponding action to faith and the Lord is always given instructions. There's always a God side that you cannot do, but there's always a man side that he cannot do. And until both come together, all things the Bible says in Luke 137 are possible with God. But then you got to put Mark 9, 23 with it that says all things are possible to them that believe. It's not all up on God. Mind the right church? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so what's our part? Well, our part number one is to know that Jesus fought and won. That Jesus fought and won. Let me remind you real quick. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God, which always, everybody say always, always, causes you to do what? Triumph in Christ. What does that mean? If I had to triumph, that means I fought a battle. Well, if you just walk in faith, you'll never have to fight a, ba a battle, any battles in your life. If you just do everything perfect, if you just say everything perfect, if you just walk perfect. No, you live in the earth. There is a devil and you do have to fight. But the good news is, thanks be unto God, which always, he always, if you're in the battle, what does that mean? I'm going to win it. If I'm in a battle, what does that mean? I'm going to win it. If I'm in a battle, what does that mean? If I'm in Christ and I do what the word says, I'm always going to win. Because he always, now Pastor Mark, I've lost a few. You didn't lose any in faith. I may have given up on one. You may have given up on one, but we didn't lose that when we were in faith. Well, I had a faith failure. No, you didn't. There is no such thing. There's no such thing as a faith failure. If you're really in faith, you're really going to win. Am I really in the right church? I need to know. Did Rick Renner wear you out? I'll never have him back. Hallelujah. No. All right. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Number two, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Just want to review. But thanks be unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be unto God. I thank you, Lord, because you give us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you can't just have victory because you're you, because you're pretty. You can't have victory because you're you, because you're smart. You can't. The only way you get victory all the time in God is through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be unto God. Are you grateful you have victory? 
Romans 8.37, Romans 8.37, Romans 8.37 says this, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him. There it is again. In him, through him, by him. It's all about what Jesus did. I said it's all about what Jesus did. Did Jesus win? Hallelujah. All right. Now, hallelujah. First John, uh, let's just talk. Come on. Did he win? Colossians 2, 15, having spoiled principalities and powers. Come on. There is a devil. There is a devil. He was here on the earth. He was kicked out of heaven. He was here on the earth. Adam and Eve had to deal with him. They didn't do it so successful. But you say, yeah, see, I don't know why God did that. I don't know why God sent that devil down here, mess with his man. Well, when the Lord sent Adam and Eve, if you'll study in the book of Genesis, he gave them authority over everything. And notice he said over every creeping thing. And when the devil appeared as a serpent, they had authority. Eve had authority over that creep. She had authority over that creeping thing. She had authority over that creeping thing. She didn't have to yield. They didn't have to yield. They had authority over it. But he deceived them. One of the things that he uh, he deceived them in is they didn't have everything. Uh Uh-oh. He deceived them that they didn't already have the victory. They deceived them. The devil deceived them, and they didn't have enough. One of the things the church we've got to understand is we have enough. Jesus has already won the victory. I'm not trying to get victory. I already got it. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm already healed. Come on. When you got saved, Jesus didn't have to get back on the cross for you, even as special as you are. He didn't have to get back on the cross. He didn't have to go to hell again. He didn't have to get raised from the dead. It's a done deal. How do I know that? He's seated. The blood's on the mercy seat, and he sat down. He sat down forever. He sat down forever. Why? Because he said, it is finished, and he sat down. He sat down. He sat down. It's over. Hallelujah. He won. One of the things the devil wants to deceive you is, is there the fight. Oh, God, you got to get in there and fight the devil. you got to get in there and fight the devil. But see, Jesus already fought the devil. He fought the devil. He fought the devil, and he won. He has won. So what do you and I got to do? We got to walk in the victory that's been provided. I got to walk in the healing that's been provided. I got to walk in my salvation. What do I do with my salvation? I received it. And you notice every one of those, everyone is triumphant in Christ. Gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are more than conquerors through him. Hallelujah. Amen. First John 4 and 4. You are of God. You are, turn to your neighbor and say, you're of God. <laughs> little children. How many know when he says little children, that's not just an expression. You are a little child compared to God. And have overcome them because greater is he that is in you. Again, pointing to who? Jesus. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who is that? The devil. So the greater one, the one who has conquered, lives in you. I know we're reviewing, but I got to get you stirred up. It's Wednesday night. Hallelujah. There's always going to be, there's going to be things going on from here till Jesus comes back. And you got to remain on the victory side of things. You're going to have to, you're going to have to feed yourself. I have the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer in this life. I win because I'm in him. 
And because I'm in him, I'm always victorious. I'm always triumphant. I win in Jesus Christ. But anytime I try to do it in my own strength, it's not by my might. It's not by my power, but it's by his spirit. That's how I win. Amen. First John 5, First John 5, 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God, are you born of God? Whatever is born of God, are you born again? What do you do because you're born of God? It's your divine uh, privilege. It's your divine nature. It's who you are. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And because you're born of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you have overcome. Whatever is born of God. Whatever is born of God overcomes this world. And this is the victory. How do we get it? That overcomes the world. How? Our faith. First, our faith in Jesus, that he was raised from the dead. Our faith that he is already victorious. Our faith that he is seated. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that he has been seated far above, far above, far above, far above every principality. I don't care how big the demon is. I don't care how big the problem is. Jesus is seated above it. That's why God told the the serpent, that's why he told Satan in the garden. He said, okay, I see what you've done, but there's going to be a woman. And she's going to bear a child. And you may bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. Head crushing has already been done. Jesus is victorious. You and I then, Ephesians 2, 6 says, we've been raised up together with him. We've been raised, on resurrection day, you were raised up to sit with him in heavenly place. It's all about how you see yourself. If you're down here trying to win the battles, you're going to lose. If you're in it and you're hearing everything that's going on out there and it's inundating your ears and it's like putting a hook in it and pulling you off course. Be careful what you hear. That's not just talking about the word. That's talking about everything you hear. Be careful how you hear it. Be careful what you see. Why? Because it's going to mess with you. And those things that are not of God, those things that are always just about this world that we live in, it's like putting a hook in your ear and drawing you off. You've got to stay full of the word of God right now. Amen. I don't have any Greek for that. I just know it's the Bible. Hallelujah. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Verse 5. Hallelujah. Who is it that overcomes? Who is it that overcomes? Who has the potential to always overcome? He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's who's going to overcome. Why am I so stirred about, up about this? Because I, I get it. The devil problems, this and that, being bombarded over time. But, but if you get down in it, if you get down in it and you focus on it, well, Pastor Mark, I, you know, I just believe if we're, you know, there's this old saying, and even in my circles, I hear people say it all the time. It makes me cringe. And I think someone just said it here recently, and I just smiled. Um, guest minister. They said, well, if sometimes people are so heavenly minded. They're no earthly good. And I get what they're saying. You can get off and, and, and think it's heavenly. But if it's really, truly heavenly, it'll make you every earthly good. So I get what they're saying. So when they say it, if a guest member, you just go, okay. Or just stare straight. They'll wonder what's up. 
But the truth, because I get what they're saying. They're saying the granola club, the nuts, the fruits, and the flakes, who use spirituality not to do anything in this natural realm. They have their head up in the clouds. But see, I don't have my head in the clouds. I have my head in the word. That's not the clouds. That's the word. That's, that's my life. And when I really do, I'll be every natural good. You understand? I understand what they're saying, but you understand what I'm saying, all right? Hallelujah. Where are we? We're talking about overcoming. And so that leads me up to where we left off last Wednesday when I was here. And let's go to Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to start a little bit before the scripture we all know. We all know Revelation 12, 11. We overcome how? And the... So we know that one, right? But let's set it up a little bit. And I don't, you know, I'd love to preach out of the seven churches. I was looking in the book of Revelation, meditating today. And I thought, man, I'd love to teach on the seven churches again. So we'll see if the Lord will let me do that. I love teaching on the seven churches. Everything after that, um, not so much. Anyway, so uh, I just let somebody else do that. Revelations 12, 7. Revelations 12, 7. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. So this is talking about when Lucifer, the devil, raised himself up, said, I'm going to be like God, and then God kicked him out. Obviously, there was some uh, uh, two-thirds of the angels uh, that Michael was ahead of them. They rounded everybody up and kicked him out. So that's what happened. That's what's talking about that. Um, you know, people wonder, I'll just, uh, I don't do opinions. Well, what are the demons? Some people believe in a pre-Adamic race. Some people believe they're angels. All I know is I got the name of Jesus and whichever, wherever they came from, I'm above them. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a name that's above them. I don't care where they came from. It's interesting, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. What am I going to spend time on? I got a name. I got, they got to shut up and come out. They got to obey. Amen. Don't know where you came from. Not interested in you telling me. I just know I got a name. Amen. And so, and that great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan. Just so if you didn't know who it was, it's Satan, the devil, the dragon, the old serpent. So he's covering who he is. Just so you know, we're talking about the devil. Now, what do we know? He deceives the whole world. Now, now let's, let's go forward about us and understand this. But for us, Jesus has, we, we have all kinds of scripture, and I've given you all kinds of scripture. Colossians 2.15, uh, what happened in Ephesians. We have the behind-the-scene epistles. We know that, that Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. So don't be demon-conscious. In our circles, sometimes I watched this when I came into Charismania. Uh, there was demon. I mean, let's find out its name. Let's talk to it. Let's pass a bucket. If you've never been involved in any of that, you better never be. And, it, and, and, and I despise it. it. It It elevates the devil. Everything's about the devil. Every problem's the devil. Some of the problems are your flesh. Everything is not the devil. We're going to cast out a gluttony spirit. Just put down your fork. Instead of one coconut pie, just have a piece. Hallelujah. Anyway, instead of never going to the gym, go. All right. So everything's not the devil. 
So that's the extreme. Then you got another extreme. Nothing's the devil. Nothing's the devil. That's wrong too. Right? So there's got to be some, really with a lot of truth, with a lot of things, there's usually a ditch on either side. Right? There's usually a ditch on, uh, prosperity has two ditches. God doesn't want you blessed. Let's see how many Cadillacs and planes I can get. That's the ditch on the other side. Now, I will say this. I'll just throw this out. Lord, help me. I got to go. You know, uh, people don't get mad when a porn star has a jet. They don't get mad when a a, a movie star or a singer has has a jet. I don't know why they get mad when someone's preaching the gospel has a jet. I personally don't need someone that tell me, you need to believe for a jet. I don't need one. I ain't got nowhere to go. I don't need no jet. (laughs) I don't want a jet. I, I'm, not, you need to take, I'm not taking no flying lessons. I ain't got time for, I don't have time for golf, let alone flying lessons. I have no desire. I get nervous in a plane. I wouldn't want to be me up. You wouldn't want to ride with me. I have to pray through every time I get into a plane. No. Anyway, help me. Which, the, when I, so ladies don't know. This last, the Mighty Men's Conference, I was so relaxed. I don't think I've ever been more relaxed when I've been ministering before. But uh, I let Robert do all the heavy lifting. But anyway, so, uh, but that's good for him. But, um, you know, I'm just telling you, I believe in this, this subject. There should, be, there should be freedom. There should be liberty. Yes, there's a devil, but he's defeated. Yes, there are problems, but you've overcome. Yes, the world's gone nuts, but you're in Christ, and you always win. Amen. So he just wants you to know there's a devil, Satan. He deceives the whole world, and he was cast out on the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, and the power is of his Christ, for the accuser of the brethren is cast down. So the devil, who's the accuser of the brethren, he's cast down. He's cast out. He has no more power. He has no more authority. He is, he's a done deal. Amen? All right. Uh, And so verse 11. And they, talking about the people on the earth, they overcome him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of our testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. So we are overcomers. And we're overcome, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. I'm very grateful for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to give you a few scriptures and a few things in, re, in relation to where this is. So this is set in the book of Revelation. We use it all the time. But listen, if they overcame, If they overcame during this revelation time, uh, whatever time setting this is, I think it has really to do with more of all time, you know, because a thousand years. So really, this is like we're living in the second day of the Lord. So you got to understand that and understand that they, meaning us, how do we win the victory? They overcame how? By the blood of the lamb. So we need to make a a lot about the blood of the Lord Jesus. I've been believing God over the last few years because the Lord put it in my heart, believing for more blood songs to come out from heaven. 
That's the reason that I was so drawn to Charity uh, and Ryan is because the first time I heard them sing uh, that song the, uh, about the blood, it resonated with me because I've been believing for that. You, you know, the Lord told me one time, and he told other people this too, so it's not unique to me. He said, if you'd make much of the blood, the blood will make much of you. And I've heard him say that to other people I found out later. But the truth of the matter is you and I have to highly esteem the blood. Uh, you know, in church, we need to talk about the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no covenant. Jesus, the Lamb of God, shed his blood for us. So we need to know much about the blood. He put his blood on the mercy seat so that we can have access to the Father. But I want to remind you of some scriptures what, and about the victory side of the blood. So number one, you've been justified by the blood. You've been justified. Romans 5.9 says, being now justified, Romans 5.9, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. So whatever the, de the, the, the devil is doing, whatever wrath he's trying to bring to you uh, at, or the, the world, but you and I are saved from it. In other words, I don't got to put up with no wrath. Whatever the devil's dishing out, I don't have to put up with it. No matter what time it is on the earth, no matter what season it is on the earth, for me, I've been spared from wrath because of the blood of Jesus. I've been justified. I'm in a different class. I'm in a different category. You're in a different class. You're in a different category. You're sons and daughters of the most high God. The blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness and you have been justified. You have been set in a legal position that is above whatever the devil's wrath is that's coming. Everybody shout, I'm justified. Woo. The other thing the blood does in relation, and we need this, when the devil's attacking, when the devil's sending his wrath, when the devil's sending his problems, you've been redeemed from it. You've been redeemed from it. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 1.17. Ephesians 1.17. It says this in Ephesians 1.17. In whom? There it is again. We have redemption through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.17. In whom we have redemption. Uh, that's the wrong scripture, but I'm going to tell you what's written down, and we'll find it later. Hallelujah. That's a good one, too. Hallelujah. Uh, so I've got, I got the wrong reference. But in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. There it is. You know that whoever's up there, you know that I add numbers and take away numbers. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So everybody say, I've been redeemed. How? Through the blood. What does that mean? What is redemption? I've been bought out of that mess. I've been bought out of slavery. I've been bought from that, that realm where all the mess happens. You can't keep the mess from happening on the earth because it's the last days. You can't keep the, mass, the, uh, the mess from happening because Jesus said it was going to happen. Uh, you can't keep the, the devil from stealing, killing, and destroying the, in the earth. But you can keep all those three things away from you. Why? Because I've been redeemed from it. And all that redemption provides. You know, you get concerned about your children, what they're listening to, what they're watching. You can't watch them 24-7, especially as they grow up and start being teenagers, young adults. You have to trust God. 
Amen. God's the best helicopter parent there's ever been. <laughs> Hallelujah. We was in team together. Hallelujah. And, 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 and so you can't be there all the time. But this is what I know. It is a curse for your child to go off and serve other gods. So, so I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 70 and just got born again and you got a 50-year-old. You're, you're now in a new covenant. And whatever God has to do, because he believes in household salvation. He does. He, you, why, how do I know that? Well, I can prove that to you through, through scriptures, but I know God cares about family. He wanted one. That's why we're here. He wanted one. That's why we're here. An angel wasn't good enough for him. He wanted, he wanted somebody by choice to walk with him and talk with him. He loves family. Family is what he's all about. We're in the family of God. Jesus is our brother. God is our father. He is Abba to us. He wants a family. Amen. And, and, and so your family he cares about. Even that crazy cousin that won't listen to you. God cares about them. And he'll still keep sending laborers across their path as long as you keep asking. Keep believing. Hallelujah. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Come on, say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. So in that, what does that mean? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, Jesus redeemed me with the blood. So it doesn't matter what's going on out there. I've been redeemed out of it. I've been redeemed out of the effects of sin. Now, I can't live in sin because that'll put me there because the wages of sin is death. I, 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 I've been redeemed out of that. I've been redeemed out of whatever the world has to suffer. I don't have to. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. The, the blood of Jesus will make you immune from some things. <coughs> and and I, I overcome how? By the blood of the lamb. Well, who am I overcoming? The devil. Even though he's a defeated foe, I'm reinforcing my victory because of the blood. You got to make much about the blood. You got to know what the blood did for you. It didn't just save you. Thank God it saved you. I mean, that's a major thing. It got you out of the kingdom of darkness. It got you into the kingdom of light. Jesus put his blood on the mercy seat so that you can be in him seated at the father's right hand. But the blood does, does so much more that's, that's applicable to everyday living. It justifies me. It, it's redeemed me. So anything that comes my way, the devil's trying to do, trying to mess with your business. Oh, no. Uh, I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You can't mess with my stuff. That's God's stuff. That's God's stuff. This is God's. I belong to God, and this is God's stuff, and you can't mess with me. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.20, and having made peace, Colossians 1.20, and having made peace through the blood of the cross by him to reconcile all things himself. So one of the things the devil does right there, it says he's the accuser of the brethren. I don't really believe anymore he's up in heaven talking smack about you. I believe he's kicked out now. Because in Job, it talks about him. But I believe things changed. I believe things have changed. Whether he's ever there in heaven, I don't know. But I know this. I know that Jesus took care of this. He took care of the accuser of the brethren. And that's what you and I have to be. Mm, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Um, uh, yep. <laughs> I, don't, I said yep. Hallelujah. Um, yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
You just got to be real careful right now. Why would you want to hook up with the accuser of the brethren and accuse people? Gossip. Well, I heard. Did you? Did you hear it from the source? Did you see it? That's everything that's going on in the world today. Well, uh, thus and thus and thus and being real dogmatic about it. Were you there? Yeah, but so-and-so said, were they there? Well, I heard that I heard that I heard. You know, that doesn't even hold up in court, yet it holds up in social media as truth. I heard someone say to me, well, it's Facebook true. I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> just because someone posts it, it's the same way. Just because someone says they speak for God doesn't mean they do. Oh. You better check it out. Does it agree with the word? Does it agree with the spirit of your heart with what God is saying? Yeah, but they're on TV and so and so endorses. I don't care. One of my friends coming soon next Wednesday. <laughs> Treat him good. Um, you know, someone was talking about something going on and they were quoting someone. Now, again, I heard this second hand. I'll have to hear it firsthand from him. But, you know, but, but I know because I, I know him. He, he said they were quoting some, you know, person. And he said, well, I don't know what so-and-so said, but I can tell you what Jesus said. <laughs> I can tell you what Jesus said. Amen. Hallelujah. How in the world did we get here, Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So we'll get back to my scripture and then we'll figure out how we got here. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things to himself. Because of the blood, and, and Satan is the accuser of the brethren. You know, we don't, yeah, that's where we were, right there. We were right there. So that's how I work my way back in sometimes. Um, you don't want to hook up with the accuser of the brethren. You know, someone starts talking about stuff. I have said this before. Where would you hear that? Were they there? How do you know that? Talking about like it's gospel. We have a gospel. And it should have an address. Well, I think God said, no, you, you should know what he said. Are you, are you with me? So this peace from the accuser of the brethren, that's what he's talking about. The blood of Jesus gives us peace. So it doesn't matter what the devil's saying about you. It doesn't matter what anybody's saying about you. You have peace with God and you know he's going to take care of it. And, and um, so thank God that no longer the accuser of the brethren, the devil, has any power. And um, we've been set free from that. Amen. Let's move on. Uh, what else gives us victory because of the blood of Jesus? Well, we have victory over sin. So, we have, so, so when the devil tries to tempt you to push you in sin, Revelations 1.5, Revelations 1.5, hallelujah, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hallelujah. We're not done with that other one. Well, what else do you want to say? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you have peace with God? Aren't you glad you have peace with God? And the accuser of the brethren is not going to use me. And he's not going to use you. 
you got to make up your mind, I'm not going to be used by the accuser of the brethren. One of the things that does is it sows confusion. It confuses you. It confuses you. You know, even with your friends and family members and different things going on, um, you, ought to be, you, you ought to be close enough to people where you, you should go to the source. Why would you believe anything unless you heard it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, or from the source? Right? Uh, um, as, you know, being in the public eye, um, Ron, Pastor Ron and I, you know, um, there's all kinds of things people have said. But, you know, we can tell you the whole truth, nothing but the truth, because we were always there in our lives. <laughs> and if I did something wrong, Pastor Rhonda would tell you. <laughs> you can mark that one down. You know, um, it's just, just don't be involved in. I don't know why he's camping on this. Anything in life, be careful. Be careful who you quote. If you don't know that they were there and saw it with their own eyes, and they have proof, why would you believe it? Why would you believe it? Come on, we're smarter than that. We're more intelligent than that. Even our brain is more intelligent. But then something in your heart should tell you. Something in your heart should tell you. Something sit quite. It's a karoboshin. Yeah, okay. It's karoboshke, prefete, salambache, tangue, jebangi, chasno, ratata, chevente. So I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Depend only on me, because if I said it, says the Lord, it is the truth. Be careful and weigh that which is spoken among you. Be careful and understand and listen to me, and I will guide you and lead you. And let it be said of you that you're like the Bereans of old, that you would study to make yourself approved, a workman that rightly divides the word of truth. So don't be carried with winds of doctrine. Don't let them put a hook in your ear and make your ear itch and draw after yourself those that are not of me. They were once of me, but they're no longer of me, and they speak on their own accord. Hallelujah. Well, we danced around it, and I guess I was dancing too much, and so he just wanted to say it himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We ought to be, be careful. We're going to be careful. We're not going to be part of the accusers of the brethren. Amen. Let the word be the word. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Let everything be done. Amen. With, with integrity and truth. Amen. Now we're going to go on. How many has victory? You got victory over sin? There's a scripture. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sin. What is that? I'm clean. I'm washed. Therefore, when the devil comes to try to tempt me, I have the blood of Jesus. 
And in the same way, in Hebrews 9.14, in Hebrews 9.14, talk about the blood, because what does the devil come to do? He comes to tempt you. He comes to tempt your flesh. He comes to remind you, the devil, the accuser of the brethren, comes to remind you of who you once were. Yes, I can acknowledge who I once was. I once was a sinner. I was once lost. I was, you know, I used to be undone, but I got saved. I got washed in the blood. I may not have been perfect even after that, but I know that when I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I don't ever got to stay there. I don't ever got to stay away from God. I don't ever got to stay in an unrighteous position because the blood of Jesus cleanses me. And if I walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus will continually cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus us, washes me and washes me and it washes me. And this is what happened to you even if you, you got into some things and then your mind is messed up and, and your conscience is messed up. As it says, this, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge. Oh man, I use this one. Purge. The blood of Jesus will purge your conscience from dead works. If it'll purge it from dead works, it'll purge it from your past. Amen. 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 I was once, you know, that scripture talks about, you know, you were once some of these. You were once some of these. You participated in this thing. You participated in that thing. But you were once one of them. Now you've been changed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're born again. You're a new creature. That, that blood has put you in a position that when the accuser of the brethren comes, when the devil comes, you're like, okay, that's somebody I don't know anymore. That person's dead. That person's dead. Hallelujah. And, and you know, if you got someone saying, you remember when you were a, and it's something that seems spiritual, that's not God. That's not God. Well, well, yeah, I believe, you know, he's reminding me who I was and, you know, wants me to make sure. No, not God. Not God. If your sin has been put under the blood before you were born again or even after you were born again, the Bible says that he remembers your sin no more. No more. Your sin is gone as far as the east is from the west. What does that mean? It never meets. <laughs> you either always going east or you always going west. The north and south is not the same. So they tell me, I'm very directional, clueless. Thank God for Pastor Rhonda and that little girl, that little woman in my phone that tells me where to go. Now, in the spirit, I'm pretty good. In the natural, not so much. But this is, I do know this one. As far as the east is from the west, is because they never meet. They never meet. So if somebody's reminding you of your past, here we are again, Lord, you're on this one. They're a part of the accusers of the brethren. Why? Well, you're always this way. Uh-oh, let's do some marriage canceling. You always, you never Remove those words from your vocabulary because they're not true. No one always or no one nevers. You always make me feel. No, they don't. If you always feel that way, because you're doing it. Well, you're not living in my house. I don't have to. Get, out of, get rid of the you always and you never when talking to people. Praise the Lord. 
Y'all don't make me camp here. If you find yourself using that, that's part of the accuser of the brethren. You can discuss something with something without someone without accusing them. If someone's doing that to you, you and they're supposedly born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, you ask the Lord to open their eyes of understanding. Don't give them my sermon. Have it prompted right to this point and play. <laughs> Get in the car and know where it is and then once you're talking and then and then hit, you know, your YouTube, you know, or whatever. Because they won't get it anyway. They won't get it anyway. But you pray for them. And realize that you're not a you always or a you never. Well, I always mess up. You don't always mess up. You never do this. Praise the Lord. Interesting night. Hallelujah. Are you glad your conscience has been purged? So if, if something's going on up there, and you're, especially in your soul, I, the blood of Jesus has purged my conscience from dead works. And if my conscience is purged from dead works, then it also can be purged from my past. If God doesn't remember, neither do I. I trust him. You can learn from your mistakes. You can learn from how you lived in the past, but that's not who you are anymore. You were a sinner. You were saved by grace, but now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. All right. So now, where are we? We're time to, it's time to testify. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, in Christian circles and church circles, some of you may have even grown up in certain churches that uh, it's not so much a thing anymore. It really kind of more back in the 60s and the 70s. They used to have testimony service. So everybody get up and testify. And, you know, certainly if you come from a certain kind of church, you know, uh, they, they give their little spiel, you know, I testify and, and you know, um, I'm Holy Ghost saved and, uh, wa- you know, uh, water baptized and, uh, you know, and then they tell you all about it. Uh, and, and a lot of times uh, it's not really a true testimony service. It's a help me, Jesus. I got a mess and I just want to tell somebody about it. Anyway, so um, and a lot of times testimony here, we overcome by the blood of the So really this we overcome overcome means we're in the middle of something. So it's really not testifying, even like we do. We have people who were healed or the power of God did something for them. We have them testify. We're just telling what God has done and giving him glory and honor. But this setting, Revelation 12, 11, is about I'm in a battle because I overcome. That means I'm going through something because it, it didn't, I, it's telling you how to win. It didn't say you, it's past. Even though Jesus already won for you, it's talking about you. They overcame. They overcame. Talking about how they did it by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Uh, my, my friend who uh, was a part of my life, I, I worked for him, Pastor Knight, he used to say it this way. Uh, he used to ask this question, how much word is in your testimony? You can only come by the amount of word in your testimony. Because you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. In other words, you're, you're, you're dealing with something. So what do we know about the word of God? Well, Jesus told us in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he told us to speak to mountains. So we talk to things. Jesus, remember that fig tree? Remember the fig tree? What does the Bible say he did? He answered it. In other words, he spoke to it. He answered it. It was, a, it was a problem. It was a mountain. It was an obstacle. He answered it. What's he doing? You overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You're, you're saying something to it. What did he do? He cursed it. 
He overcame that uh, uh, barren fruit tree and he said, no man will eat from you hereafter forever. What did he do? He cursed it. So what do you, what do you tell us to do? He said, what, what, whoever speaks to the mountain and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes those things he say, he will have what he says. Hallelujah. Right? You're going to have what you say. What's, whoever shall, but you got to say something. They overcome. How? By the blood of the lamb. That is the truth. And we need to elevate the blood. But also your part, that's Jesus' part. You can't do that part. You with me? That's Jesus' part. You can't do that. That's already done. But you do have a part. What, how do you overcome? Well, so I overcome by saying what the blood did. I overcome by testifying what God has done for me. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Uh, I, I, and then you speak to the obstacle. You speak to whatever the devil's behind. Not even necessarily the devil himself, but whatever the devil's doing. If it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroyed in your life, you got to talk to it. you got to answer it. Don't you ever let the devil have the last word. Answer it. Answer symptoms in your body. Answer your checking account. Answer things. Now, I'm not telling you to get up all in people's face. But you can turn away and answer. I'm not, I'm not telling you, you know, well, let me tell you. No, I'm not saying to. But, you know, sometimes even with people, there's a spirit behind things. Because of your stand for God. Because you, you get favor everywhere you go and they don't like it. I have, a, I have a better degree than you. How'd, you. how'd you get that office? Why'd you get promoted? Now, you could be sassy and say, because I'm God's child, and that's too bad. And, you know, but, you know, you can say, well, you know, the Lord's blessed me, and then you can talk, then you walk away. And, say, you know, and then you can, you, thank you, Lord, you know, because what is that? That's someone coming against your stand for God, because God did it. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Now, yeah, I believe in hard work and getting education, all that kind of stuff. But really, it's God that gives you favor. Amen. All right. So what are we supposed to do? Well, remember what happened to Abraham? He called those things that be not as though they were. What was he doing? Testifying. I'm the father of many nations. This is my wife, Sarah. She's the mother of many nations. She used to be Sarai, but now she's Sarah. What are they doing? Even a name change. Testify. I'm testifying. Calling those things that be not. He didn't say call those things that are, that are not. I'm not sick in Jesus' name. That's not it. Now, I, I'd rather hear that than I'm sick in Jesus' name. That, that doesn't work. But just I'm not sick in Jesus' name is not calling those things that be not as though they were. You're, you're trying to deny their existence, and you can't. It's not Christian science. They deny things. We don't deny it. It's there. It's a fact. But all facts can be changed. All facts can be changed. How do you do it? By testifying. By testifying. How do I testify? Well, get the word of God coming out of your mouth. How do you know it's a double-edged sword? Double-edged. Distamos. Double-edged. Distamos. Die. Two. Stamos. Mouth. I remember a long, long time ago, most of you heard me say this. I was praying. And I just kept praying out, he say, we say, he say, we say. But you see, it's not enough that he say. You've got to say. It's not enough that he say. You've got to say. What do I say? I say what the word says about it. I'm not denying that it's here. 
You know, oh, Lord, you're going to get me in trouble. Hallelujah. It's like, you know, going to the doctor. Some people in our circles, they refuse to go to the doctor. They refuse to take medicine. That is not proof of your faith. That, that, that is proof you might die. This is not proof of your faith. Well, I'm not going to go because they might tell me something I don't want to hear, and I don't want to hear it in Jesus' name. Just because you tacked his name on the end of it does not make you in faith. Doctors are not your enemy. A diagnosis is not even a thing. The devil's your enemy, and Jesus destroyed him, and you've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Denying it is not faith. <laughs> I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the, how do I overcome this thing? No matter what it is, I got to speak to it. I got to answer it. I got to answer it. I'm never going to let the devil have the last word. I'm going to answer it. When I don't feel like it, I'm going to answer it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to answer it. I'm going to all these thoughts in my head. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer out loud. That's a good way to get rid of the thoughts in my head. I'm going to answer it out loud. I'm going to say what he says. I'm going to do what Jesus did in the wilderness. Led by the devil in the wilderness to be tempted. But Jesus answered. It is written. The devil said something kind of written. And Jesus said, no, that's a bad interpretation. It is a bad, that's what he said. That's a bad interpretation. You pulled a scripture out of context. People are doing that all over today. You got to know what, the, what, the, what it means in its setting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Distamos, double-mouthed sword. He say, you say. There's a God side, there's a man side. It won't be active to divide between spirit and soul and thoughts and intents of your heart until it comes out your mouth. We got to answer it. They overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word or even the amount of the word in their testimony. Thank God for what he has done. Talk about it. Remember it. Exalt it because he's good and God, and we should do that. But if you're going through something, you've got to testify. Well, if nobody, nobody wants to hear me, that's all right. You just testify to you and, and the Lord. And, you, and you know, my mom always used to say, me and Jesus are a majority. Hallelujah. And that's all that matters. Amen. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. You testify. The word of God, Jeremiah 23, 29. And it says his word, Jeremiah 23, 29. His word is like fire. His word is like fire, said the Lord. And it's like a hammer. Come on. When the word of God comes out of your mouth, what does a fire do? It burns up stuff. What does a hammer do? It crushes some stuff. Come on, the word of God's like fire, burning up the, the things that ought not be in your life. The word of God's like a hammer, breaking up even the hard things that might be in your life. You, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word that comes out of our mouth, the two-edged sword, the hammer, the fire that comes out of our mouth. Amen. When we speak the word, then we overcome. Now, this last one, um, we always like to skip over. It says, they loved not their life. Revelation 12, 11. They overcome him, him the devil, the accuser of the brethren, the dragon, the serpent, Satan, they overcome him by the blood of the lamb, God's part. And how? By the word of their testimony. It's my part. And they love not their lives unto the death, more my part. 
What? So I got to lay my life down. Praise the Lord. Remember when Christopher Alam was here and he was talking about when he got born again and about laying down, you know, literally having to lay down his life and he still became born again. You know, and I didn't think he was nice. Uh, it was true, but he wasn't nice. You know, we, we have that pillow Christianity here where everything's all easy. But there may come a time, uh, you know, there's, there's good, the, the latter days they come, we're going to have persecution. It's happening now, generally. And some of you might have felt it specifically, personally. When you take a stand for God and for his word and what's right and what's wrong, what's sin and what's not sin and how we're supposed to live and not live according to the word of God, you're going to get some persecution. You're going to get some kickback. You know, uh, our neighbor to the north, the country up north in Canada, um, some pastors can't preach all the word of God anymore. So you have to make a choice if you're them. You know, so I get it. We want to protect so that we have freedom to preach and teach. But if we ever lose it, we're going to have to stick with the word. Someone asked me a long time ago, what are you going to do when they do? And they will, they said, take away the tax benefit for Christians that give. I said, well, I'm personally going to still tithe and I'm still going to teach in it. Now, if people only tithe and give to get a tax benefit, then those are not my people anyway. Them's not mine. So I don't have to worry about that. Some people will. Because if the tax benefit goes away, they, they, you know, they may give some other place. But that's not why I tithe. That's not why I give. I'm grateful for it. And I'll take it if they're offering it. But if they take it away, I'm still going to be tithing. I might even bump it up. Hallelujah. <laughs> So we got to make decisions. We got to make choices. We are all over the place. We're having a good time, aren't we? Hallelujah. But you got to lay down your life. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Matthew 16, 25. Matthew 16, 25. For whoever will save his life will lose it. Matthew 16, 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And then Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 Verse 33, Luke 14, 33 says, So likewise, whoever, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. We're told, we're told to take up our cross and follow him. We're told in Romans 12 to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. We're told, you know, that our lives are not, how many know our lives are not our own? Why? We've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. It all goes together. So we willingly need to lay our lives down. Now, if the Lord ever calls any of us to be martyrs, you know, that's a thing. But until then, we're going to keep laying our lives down this way. We're going to pick up our cross. We're going to follow him. My life is not my own. Uh, the faith that I live now by, I live by the son of God who died and gave himself for me. So I'm going to have to, and what am I going to have to do? Yeah, yeah the, the physical laying down of life is one thing. But if you and I are not facing that, the thing we do have to do is keep our body under. We have to lay our lives down. We have to crucify our flesh. We don't get to say what we want to say when we want to say it. We don't get to do what we want to do. We don't even get to go where we want to go. We, don't, we really shouldn't even be getting to live wherever we want to live. We should ask him. Amen? We got to get serious about Jesus being Lord. 
You know, it is true. It is true. How many know he will bless everything you put your hand to? Right? But you got to go back up. Even the old covenant, he said, if you will hearken. That word hearken doesn't just mean hear. If you study hearken out, it means to hear and to do. It means to hear and to do. It means to hear. So if you hearken unto him, unto his voice, what does that mean? I'm going to obey him. Then whatever you do will be blessed. You can't do what it, sometimes in modern Christianity, you know, they, they pick out the promises. But every promise usually has an if with it. If. If you will hearken diligently. If my words abide in you. If. God's side's done. If you will uh, 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 be overcome by the blood of the land. And the word, if you will have word in your testimony and testify. If you will lay your life down. Then you'll overcome every time. There's a God's side. There's a man's side. But there's a lot of conditions. And so, you know, a lot of people today, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move and I'm going to do this and don't even pray about it. Well, they offered me 15, 20,000 more. I should just do it, right? No, you shouldn't just do it. That makes you money-minded. That makes you love money, money more than you love God. <sighs> Did I lose y'all? In other words, I don't, you don't do anything. Well, it's not important where I live. It absolutely is important where you live. It's, it's not important where I go. Well, you should pray about everywhere you go. You should pray about everything you do. Especially if you're married and have a family. Because you want your family to be in the best place. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about Jesus being the Lord of your life. I'm talking about overcoming. I'm talking about laying down your life. Aren't you, you lose your life in him. And when you lose your life in him, you find it. How many know he prearranged, preordained your steps? And they're good ones. You know what? I, I just tell you what, I had a plan for my life. When I was a junior in high school, I began to plot my life. I'll tell you a little bit about it. I decided, first of all, I was going to be a history teacher. And then I started going that route because that was my first route. I was going history teacher route. I was going education route. And then um, I started taking history classes and started talking to my history teachers in high school. And then I found out, one, that because he didn't make enough money, he had to paint houses in the summer. I was no longer on the history route. Nope, that's not the route I'm going. What else am I good at? Found out I was good with numbers. Rhonda make, Pastor Rhonda makes fun of me because like we want, she wants to go places, history places, cemeteries, forts. Forts are kind of cool. She wants to go all these places. Ugh, I just hate it. I just hate it. I just do. She walks me through these museums and stuff, and I was like, ugh. I just... <laughs> she gets mad because I don't keep quiet about it. She's nicer, though. She goes to me to basketball games and stuff and acts like she enjoys it. Anyway, so, but anyway, so I didn't want to be a history teacher, so I decided I was going to be an accountant because I found out accountants make money. So, started junior year, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. My point is, I had a plan, and I was working my plan. And even when I was in college, though, I felt that draw to teach because I was getting my, this is the truth, I was getting my accounting degree and I became a, a teacher's assistant. And so I did, every, you know, I, I had like three, four professors that I worked for and I graded their homework. And if I had to go, uh, I didn't teach for them, but like if I had to go uh, be in where they're taking exams and stuff. So, you know, I did other things, you know, got them coffee, all that kind of stuff. But I got paid. 
And you know what? I really wanted to teach. So I thought, I want to be a teacher. Then I got to investigating. What does a professor make versus a CPA? And I decided, I want to be a CPA because they don't make enough money. So I get in line. I'm doing all that. And, uh, but prearranged before I did anything right or wrong in my mother's womb, the Lord had a plan for my life. And through all those history teaching, accountant teaching, he was trying to draw me to that and show me, because that's who I was. When I worked at McDonald's, I wanted to train everybody. I trained people. It's just part of me, because it was a grace. It was a grace. Why am I saying to you all that? Because it's not until I totally laid down my life and did whatever he wanted me to do. And and most, most all of you are not called to the ministry. What does this have to do with me, Pastor? Well, that's just my example. What's he want you to do? Do you know if he wants you to start a business and be uh, your own, uh, own boss and you refuse to do it, you're out of his will? Do you realize if you can't work for anybody else and you're trying to have your own business and you don't have the grace to do that, you're out of his will? And there's no reason, there's no reason, there's no way he can bless it. Because it's not the will of God for your life. He doesn't just bless everything. Yes, the blessing of the Lord will make you rich. This is Wednesday night. You can all handle a steak, right? This is why people are frustrated. Well, he said he would bless it. He's not required to bless what you come up with. He's not. He blesses what he comes up with. And if you'll do what he comes up with, you'll be happy. It'll satisfy you because you were ordained to do it in your mother's womb. He prearranged, preordained a good life for you. Well, Pastor Mark, I get all that, and, and, and I haven't been doing that for 60 years. Well, there's no time like the present. Well, I, I don't know what it would be. He'll tell you what it would be. And it may not look like what it would have been, but there's only plan A with God. And so he can get you there. What are we talking about? I overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of my testimony, and I lay my life down. 